Hey there, thoughtful listener. This is Josh Elledge, CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. I'm so excited to announce our new Thoughtful Entrepreneur High Ticket Sales Coaching Program, which you can try absolutely free. No credit card needed. Head to upmyinfluence.com slash free. We're also actively seeking guests for our daily commercial-free entrepreneurial inspiration podcast, the one you're listening to. If you know someone who is doing six to eight figures in business, send them our way. Just go to upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now let's get on with the show. With us right now, Stephanie Malik. Stephanie, you are the uh, founder and CEO of S. Malik Enterprises. You're found on the web at stephaniemalik.com. And we should point out, Stephanie is with a Y. And we would put that Y after Steph. So it's S-T-E-P-H-Y-N-I-E-Malik.com. Stephanie, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. All right, Stephanie, high level, you know, you know, go into your website here. You can see that you work with some pretty big brands and you work with the leadership within those brands, Accenture, LinkedIn, American Express, Nike, Deloitte, IBM, Nordstrom, Royal Caribbean, Toyota, can go on and on and on and on. You've worked with some of the biggest and the best. Stephanie, what are they all coming to you for? So great question, Josh. So over the years, they come to me for different things. Global business consulting is one of them. So is this the right audience? Um, Is this the right service or product that we're providing? What are our key differentiators? How do we stand out? How do we become top of mind? How do we become go-to? So business consulting is huge. We also do high impact performance coaching. And that is truly around EQ, your soft skills. How are you connecting? Um, Do you show humility? Do you show grace? Are you retaining all of your top talent? Um, these are sales, those think global salespeople, global sales strategies, think CMOs, people that are running huge, huge teams that need to, need to do better in honing in their leadership skills. And then the third one is crisis. Um, I'm a crisis expert and we specialize in white collar crimes. So think, you know, white collar financial crimes, money laundering, bid rigging, Ponzi schemes. Wow. Yeah, those type of things. We do a lot of high wealth, high visibility around um, divorce, child custody, you know, things like that. It's just a different avenue. We have 65 global attorneys that we work with. Everything is handled extremely white glove, extremely discerning, and with the absolute best professional services team. Yeah, when it absolutely positively needs to be fixed now. (laughs) Right now, gonna, I want to get into that. I want to get into the some of the crisis stuff. Um, yeah. But before I do that, obviously, it's always great, Stephanie, when you can work preventatively, uh, and you can work on you know things like culture. and And I know that let's say you've got a CMO of a large organization. And they may have a blind spot in their leadership style. And that blind spot may be negatively affecting the organization. How can we as leaders be more cognizant of those blind spots, those things that we're doing that are just, they're suboptimal in terms of what the role demands of us? So, so Josh, this really depends on the executive. This really depends on the leader, how open they are. How do they listen? Um, I can't tell you how many times in the last five years that, you know, leaders come to me and talked about how great of a leader they are. And, you know, in every performance review and every single, you know, board review, they're commended on their leadership. And I always say, what about your peers and the people that you lead? 
you guys are managing kind of top up. What about top down? Um, and then how are you collecting that information? So I always say, listen with everything, not just your ears. Listen with how people receive and perceive you when you walk into a room. How, where do people sit? Um, how do people pay attention to you? How do people engage? Are they connected? What do you do when you walk through hallways? Are you looking down at a paper or a phone? Or are you actually willingly engaging and connecting? It's so interesting, Josh, because if you just take a look at people and you ask them a pointed question and you look into their eyes, just stop, make your body still. Don't look at your phone and ask a question. You will see what somebody thinks about you. And, you know, as we all talk about character is about character is a hundred percent of what people say about you when you're not there. Yeah. You know, it can be easy Stephanie. I think for many of us to just say, well, listen, I'm very good at what I do. We, it, maybe it's our ego, right. That gets in the way from us, you know, kind of losing our coachability. Uh, and the the reality is that there are some pretty incredible consequences yeah. to not being willing to be self-reflective in the way that we're talking about. And I'm sure in your work, it sounds like, you know, you, you've been called in at times, obviously when it's a little bit earlier, um, and I'm sure you've been called in, we're like, this is a mess. We just had a whole department essentially uh, declare mutiny you know, or yeah. something like that, which I'm sure you've seen stuff like this. Right. For sure. Or, or, or I would imagine like conflicts between leaders. That's got to be really common. So it's actually really interesting. So we get called in by two people. So we get called in for, for an executive to try and coach him when it's not his idea or her idea, whenever maybe there's a performance a plan, or there is um, possibly a conflict, like you said, and it's not the person who I would normally contract with. It's actually their boss or HR or the board. Right. Those are tricky. Those are really, really tricky because you're not realizing the problem. You're not saying, "Hey, you know what? I'm waving the I'm waving the flag. I'm signaling early. I need help." Okay, I'm not I'm not meshing in this area. I'm not outperforming myself. Those are tricky. To, to your point, it's really tricky when. And this happens, we actually just finished a, a giant conference on this. I'll have an uh, executive reach out to me and say, hey, I'd like to talk to you about our performance and our sales strategies. I'd like to talk to you about you know, our clients and how we connect. And I get in and it's like number 10 on the list. Like there's so many other holes. There's so many other blind spots. There's so many other voids. Like we're talking about you know, a sore pinky toe and the whole organization has cancer. So that's tricky because they think the problem is this big and they think it's a three or six month fix. It's not, it's a, it's a longer fix and, and it's a behavioral, a human behavioral change, which takes habit stacking, what takes, you know, so much more than self-help books. It takes true deep reflection. Yeah. Um, Stephanie, as leaders, um, you know, some of these skills that you're talking about, um, are there ways that we can, I mean, I guess aside from modeling and just talking about it, right? What are other ways that we can say, you know what? We need a little bit more sensitivity in, in our workplace. We need a little bit more, like we have a bad culture. Like it's, there's there's unhealthy, like how do you root that stuff out? You just, you just call it out and say, listen, here's what we're observing. And it's a challenge. And here are the consequences. If we don't change our way as an organization, we, we have to do better. 
And then like, so I feel like that might come across like lip service. How do we then take action on the thing that we've addressed? So, you know, this is a really important topic. Uh, A lot of, uh, I'm going to start with education. Okay. That's the very first thing, but being willing to learn, not just pass the test, Josh, not just, oh, here's, here's, here's all of our recommendations. And like, let's check a box. It has to be innate. It has to be internal. There has to be alignment. There has to be buy-in. There has to be measurement. And and what is the measurement of success? So when we do like a culture audit, for example, um, it's really interesting because you'll see the people that are so excited to implement this. Like, when is our next meeting? Okay, Mm -hmm. how do we know when we've won? What does it look like? What is the feedback that we get? And then you see the other ones. And it's, it's honestly, it's really not that they're not interested they're fearful. They're fearful for their jobs. They're feel fearful for a new way of management. Um, they're fearful to say, this is new for me. I haven't led in this area before. So then they believe that they're going to be perceived as a poor or a weak leader. Um, so it's changing us before we change them. And everything starts with education, but really understanding when will we be successful? What looks like success for us? And, and understanding and memorializing it, making everybody understand that this is when we'll be, be successful. We, we might fail. We may have to do a new program. We may have to split up what we're doing, but no matter what, everybody's working for the same greater good. Yeah. Uh, so Stephanie, obviously, and I'm sure that uh, this is something that that folks love to ask you about uh, without naming names. Um, uh, you know, I, I'd love to hear and as 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 maybe a cautionary tale, right? Uh, you know, is you know this is the importance of you know being mindful when there are things that maybe aren't helpful in a culture. Um, and again, that could be you know within a subset. Although I I I would argue that most problems if there's a if there's a problem in leadership there's a problem in culture like n- nothing is uh it, it's going to seep out out, out. it, it so always true. will right so and true. so um but but i'd love for you to talk about maybe you know where let's say you mentioned things like well there was a money laundering issue how aside from just the ethics of the perpetrator Mm-hmm. What are things that we could do as leaders to maybe instill those values of integrity so that we don't have that situation? So let's say, for example, it's a, you know, someone in executive leadership. Well, if I'm the, you know, if I'm in the C-suite or if I'm the CEO, I don't want that to happen in my organization. What can I do to instill, you know, those values that would be contrary to a big, nasty, bad bad PR, bad, like people get hurt kind of thing. So, so Josh, this is its own podcast all by itself. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I'm a big fan. So, you know, there's, there's all of these tools, you know, the Meyer Briggs, there's all of these different behavioral tools. I personally think that there is a place for those. I, I really do. I like more executive evaluations. We use a ton of tools. So there are tools now in our insanely amazing digital society um, at our fingertips that a lot of executives don't know about. Um, There are tools that you can assess somebody's um, intuition and their ability to steal money. 
Mm. You can, and it, it's not, it doesn't call, it doesn't call it out. Like it basically, so, so Josh, bear with me. So if it's zero to 20, zero to four is called negligible. It means you might think about like at Christmas time, oh, I should knock over a bank because I really wish I could get my kids more Christmas presents. And then it goes away. Like it's kind of like fleeing. Okay. And then there's like four to 10 and it's a lot more, Hey, you might've calculated out, you know, trying to get over on someone before. Okay. And then there's 10 to 20, like 10 to 16 is like, could possibly have a real issue. And 16 to 20 is like sociopathic. So there's these tools that you take and they have to be properly administrated. No kidding, because that seems like something that would be, you know, easy, you know, if it were overt, you know, it it, it would have to be incredibly subtle so that someone's like, oh, no, I would never take this, you know, a stapler from the office. (laughs) Absolutely. And and, and that's again, again, Josh, that's a great point. So here's the thing. So we don't ever just a lot of companies or a lot of coaches or a lot of consultants or whomever you want to say, a lot of professional services people, they'll send you the document and they'll go, hey, Josh, fill this out. Well, have you gotten in a massive fight with your friend? Have you lost a gambling bet? Have you, you and your wife are going through a divorce? Maybe your kids hate you that week. It's really state of mind and it's not a one-time shot. It's meeting with you three or four times and talking with you and finding out where your head is. And then this is a small part of a tool. So we would have a conversation like, you know, like you would say, oh my gosh, Stephanie, it was so funny. I mean, Christmas sucked because I lost my job and I was actually thinking about robbing a bank. I know you're joking. You're looking at me joking. It may not come out on the paper as something that's like that. So these tools, while they're heavily available and they're amazing to use, they're one small area of being able to assess your your C-suite team. I like to do things like natural conversations outside of the office. Yes. You know, hey, Josh, you look like a great fit. What do you love about the company? What gives you trepidation? Um, Why did you leave your other companies? What was not getting met for you there? Mm -hmm. Um, where are your areas that you'd like to see growth? Where are your areas of possible weakness? I like to just have a conversation with you where you're right. not guarded on who is listening to me in the office. Yes, Am I, right. I not going to get it? You know, it's just the work. observer effect, right? It's, it's, yeah, which is you know, always going to be a problem in a, you know, when you, you know, issue some sort of a test of sort, you know, it's the, it's, Absolutely. you know, it's kind of like the interview where, you know, the, the story about, you know, the interview started the moment you know, well, the moment you started online, like you were just existing online now, but before it was like, you know, it was the receptionist that was watching you and how you treat people and that sort of thing. You know, it's like in the unguarded moment is where we reveal our true nature. Absolutely. And, you know, again, like I go back to, this is a very, very, very significant point. If you pull, like a lot of companies pull my background. So they have to do many background checks and many corporate checks and everything. If you pull my name, I have 26 aliases and people are like, whoa. So if you looked at 26 aliases, it's because of the Y in my name. People aren't sure where to put it. Is it S-T-E-P-H-A-N-Y? Is it S-T-E-P? So there's all of these different variations. But if I was just to tell you, hey, Josh, Stephanie has 26 aliases, that would be massively off-putting. But yeah. if you saw 20 different spellings of Stephanie, you'd be like, okay, like that's completely understandable. I didn't know how to spell her name either. So it's, what do you do with the information once you get it? How protective and discerning are you when you're selecting these people that are coming into your professional family? Yeah. Stephanie, you've been doing this work for some time now. Um, and how did you find yourself, uh, you know, in kind of this, you know, you're again, some of it's, you know, kind of crisis 
you know, management, a lot of it is, you know, assessment, like how did, how'd you get here? So I grew up in Silicon Valley professionally, um, tons of like, you know, entry-level sales positions, inside sales, but I always reported into, you know, a director or a VP. My work ethic was really, really good. People loved working with me because I would always try and find a new way to do things. And I would always try and, and learn and grow. I asked a ton of questions, which sometimes was good and sometimes wasn't. Um, and then in 2002, I started my own management consulting firm. Um, Tom Siebel was my very first client. I don't know if you know anything about Tom. You love Tom or you don't love Tom. There's nothing in the middle. He's a very, mm -hmm. very difficult, difficult man, but an insanely wise businessman sold his business to Oracle for $3 billion. Tom was my first client in a management consulting firm. From there, Honeywell, Boeing, um, Nike, American Express, Telstra, huge brands. And it was all with a measurement of white glove service. Response time was impeccable. Looking at you in the eye was, it, it was a matter of service. Every single thing we did was service. So I owned the company for, I still own the company, but I ran it for 16 and a half years. And about five and a half years ago, I started noticing small things within large executives. So boards or C-suite meetings or board, uh, board meetings. And I started seeing how people could just treat each other a little differently or how people's dictionary maybe weren't adding up. Or maybe, Josh, you were giving directive to your, to your directors or your VPs. And they'd be like, okay, Josh, I got it. And they turned around and walked away. And you knew and you could see in their face, they had no idea what you were talking about. So how do we become clear in our communication? How do we become inclusive in our communication? And how do we build others up? How do we define a talent strategy so, so amazing that we are constantly keeping and developing our people? So I made a couple switches within my company and I started telling people, hey, I, I was just, I just noticed this and I was wondering if you could maybe try it this way. And they started doing it. And it was I mean, amazing results. People were like, oh God, I was going to quit in two weeks because of this, this, and this. Mm -hmm. This is the best job I've ever had. Really fast results in a matter of two or three very small tweaks with executives. Started the coaching business, the consulting business, and it was going great. In the middle of doing this very, very early on, I uncovered a massive scandal. Oh dear. And when I uncovered the massive scandal, the person who brought me in said, great, Stephanie, now fix it. And I was like, I don't know what that means. I'm not sure what that means. He said, there's nobody more connected. There's nobody more tenacious. There's nobody better business-minded than you in solving these issues. And in 126 days, I, along with three white-collar crimes attorneys, had fixed it. The company was now whole. Um, every punishment or consequence or whatever you want to say it had been issued. The most important thing is, it had been issued and done and off the radar without tons of public notice, without paparazzi, without media, without everything yeah. else. It was handled well, quietly within the company. That's the dream. That's the gold standard right there. <laughs> Handling a but scandal told. for sure. That's what I'm told. Um, Stephanie, I apologize. We just have a minute left, but yeah. um, uh, and I wish I had more time for this, but how do you work with SMBs? Uh, so coaching consulting, it, I really meet them where they are. I want to understand their business. I want to know what they're struggling with. I want to know what their feedback is. I want to really understand exactly where they are, both personally and professionally, because people say it doesn't really matter where you are personally, but a thousand percent matters on how you're showing up both personally and professionally to your entire base. Yeah. 
And and so um and that is at your website. That's at stephaniemalik.com. And and what do they, what do folks click on? So if you oh Josh, I think I told you we created a special offer for you. It's mm-hmm. called Thoughtful. So we are going to give 30% off every group coaching that we have, and we're going to give 20% off on any one-on-one coaching. Um, they can book a meeting directly with me, go to contact. So Stephanie Malik, uh, forward slash contact. Um, and then they fill out an intake form and then we have a conversation. Yeah. Fantastic. Awesome. Stephanie Malik, uh, again, founder CEO of S Malik enterprises found on the web at stephaniemalik.com. Stephanie, thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely. Thank you for inviting me. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, we have an audience of over 120,000 that we would love to promote your story to. Please visit upmyinfluence.com guest. I'm also so excited to announce our new Thoughtful Entrepreneur High Ticket Sales Coaching Program, which you can try absolutely free. No credit card needed. Head to upmyinfluence.com slash free. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you do that, tag us with the hashtag upmyinfluence. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform, and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. What do you win? Well, we will promote you and retweet you and reshare you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans totally free. Can you also hook us up in your podcast player right now? please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. And we promise to read it all and take action. Thank you if you've done this already. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, please hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 to 20 minutes a day. My name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Thanks for listening and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Thank you.